You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Thrilled to bring on our guest for this week, returning guest, show favorite, the one, the only, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how you doing? Wow, what an introduction. Thanks, guys. How are you? Oh, fantastic. It's Friday. It's the weekend. Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, for, for whatever that means. <laughs> Pretty much. It means we're that much closer to my favorite meal of the year. That's what that means. Oh, because, Thanksgiving. Oh, so good. My favorite meal, my favorite sport. It is the best holiday. I mean, that's I'll, that's that's my take. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So our what? the chef that cooks um food for all of one but I'm sorry, Advent Health Trading Center. Uh-oh. sometimes he randomly picks, will pick days probably like once or twice a month at thanksgiving and it's amazing it's my favorite day in the dining hall or in the dining room is when he just decides randomly to do thanksgiving food it's stuffing it's mashed potatoes it's turkey it's all of that it's amazing i think that would be the day you put in like maximum overtime mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. you have to have the two-hour nap after the meal right <laughs> right <laughs> right all right. Well, let's just let's dive right into it, Carmen. And there's been a lot of negativity surrounding this team, uh, surrounding Coach Cutter, surrounding Jason Light. I mean, there's you know, that's that's kind of what happens when you lose six out of seven games. You know, people are, you know, fans are frustrated. Fans are are upset because it looked like in the early goings that this team had the makings of something very, very special. And it's all, it's all kind of come crashing down. So what's kind of the, the general feeling around the facility? I mean, you're closer than, than most. And, you know, is, is there a reason that, that fans have to, to still continue to be a little bit optimistic despite the, the struggles over the course of the last few months? Um, I think that there's still absolutely, you know, reasons to be optimistic and I'll tell you why. Um, the thing is, you can tell that all the pieces are there. And I say that because there's one game where, you know, the offense goes off with up a, a ton of points. And then there's games like last week where, you know, the defense kind of started to click finally and, and held, um, and held an opponent to like 300 yards, which is good in this day and age, um, of, of NFL football. And so you see, you know, it kind of working separately. And you're just like, and I, I realize the frustration, like if you can just put it all together, if you can just put it all together, but it's true. So if you can just put it all together, it's all there. Uh, it just needs to kind of fire at the same time. So um, I think that that's encouraging though, in that sense that you know that the talent is there. Um, Cause it is, I think that we have a great group of guys in the locker room. And I think that we do have a great coaching staff. Um, I know that everyone is, frustrated and there's no way around that um and to see you know how frustrated the coaches are with you know how everything is shaking out and how frustrated the players are 
um, you naturally become, you know, frustrated for them. You, you become frustrated, you know, as a fan. Um, you become frustrated at, you know, the fact that you can't even put um, stuff on social media that maybe you want to because you just know that there's negativity all on social media, which, um, you know, you deal with a lot. I know the guys, like the players and the coaches, they kind of limit their interaction on social media, like, for that reason. Um, but it's part of my job, and so I see it a lot. And it's a little disheartening um, in that sense because, you know, I understand that, again, the frustration of fans, it's it's so difficult to see the team that, you know, you've poured your heart and soul into, you've spent money on tickets, you've spent money on merchandise, all that kind of stuff not performing, you know, up to the standards that you would want them to or that you expected them to. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, trust me, it's not for lack of these guys trying. They're putting in so many hours. They're putting in so much work and they are trying as hard as they possibly can to turn this around. Cause that's after all, they're the ones who's, you know, whose livelihoods are on the line with the money that, you know, they feed their family with and then how they make their living. That's what's on the line here. And so there's just, there's no way that they don't care more and they don't, they're not more invested. Yeah. It's always kind of amazed me the, the reaction that some of these players can get on social media. I mean, it could be something as, as exciting for the player as, as he and his wife have, have had a, their first child and they'll post a picture of, of the player holding, holding the newborn baby. And somebody will comment, uh, maybe you should be holding your playbook instead. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, not you. I think it's hard for a lot of fans to separate the fact that these guys, you know, this is their job. You know, yes, yeah. they get paid millions and millions of dollars to play a game, but this is their job. And and how many of the the fans that are commenting or or criticizing take their jobs home with them? You know, how many of them are are chefs? You know, Chef Aaron, of course, is is a, a an avid listener <laughs> of, of the show. You know, how many how many times does he go home from work and continues to prep something for work the next day? I mean, once you're home, you're home. Let them let them have their lives outside of their jobs because that's what this is. And and sometimes the the fanatical portion of the fans um, you know, it, it can, it can blind you. And, and chef, I'm not saying that was you. I was just using, <laughs> I was using you and your profession as I was an example. Saying, chef, is, chef just offered me, uh, he's, he's always been great. Chef, oh, chef yeah. Is, oh yeah. He's, he's not, on, he's not on my, uh, uh, not, I don't know what a crap list. I don't, I, don't, I want to censor <laughs> myself there. Yeah, it's but, it's yeah. that that gif of Ryan Howard from The Office when he's jotting down the names of the people that have wronged him. <laughs> and he, you just sit there and you, you start writing down the Twitter handles. Nope. 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 Yeah. No, I, uh, no, I really, and I do, I, that's the thing is I really enjoy having conversations with people on Twitter. I think that it's an awesome avenue, you know, to have that kind of, those kind of conversations and to talk through a lot of things. And again, I'm not going to shy away from, you know, I'm not actually, so today I went to um, a local elementary school and I did the great American teaching and I was with a fifth grade class and I was telling them what I do and telling them about the team and everything like that. I had a little boy raise his hand and he goes, are the Bucks, do you think the Bucks are the best team in the world? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, no, I don't think that they're the best team in the world because they don't have, they don't even have the best record in the NFL. So I can't say, that my team is the best team in the world, but I love them anyway. 
<laughs> and I will always root for them and I always want to see them do well. But every, you know, you have periods where, and I try to, of course, you know, circle it back to life in general. Like sometimes you're not going to be the best, but that doesn't mean you can't get there. You know, kind mm-hmm. of trying to like motivate them in some certain way. But, you know, I totally understand that. And I again understand the frustration and I'm totally open to having constructive dialogue about it. Right. Um, but the, the issue I have is when it, it comes in the form of personal attacks or, Oh. Um, especially because I cover a lot of our community events and on Tuesdays, Tuesdays are players day off. And these guys, I mean, it's, they're two days removed from be going through something that's the equivalent of a car accident. They're putting their bodies through something like that. Oh, yeah. And they, instead of resting or, you know, spending time with their families who they don't get to see, you know, as often as they'd like, a lot of them come out and they do stuff in the Tampa Bay community. And it's, and I write about it and there's still comments that show up on there. That's like, why is he in his playbook? Shouldn't he be, he should have been doing this on mm-hmm. Sunday. And that like, it's like all it's, and I'm like, guys, like really like they're, they're doing something. They're taking the time out of their one day off a week. Most people get two. Most people get a weekend. These guys don't get a weekend. They get one day and they're spending it giving back to the community that, at times can be really harsh towards them. So, you know, I just think that that speaks volumes to these guys and I don't understand the hate that comes out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, just, I mean, just a few weeks ago, uh, Cam Brate was on the salty dogs podcast and they talked about that. He, on his day off, came in the facility, worked out, uh, which, you know, an NFL players workout is, is much more intense than, you know, your average Joe's workout. Uh, and then he went out to McDill and spent the day, with military members and family members in the community over there. And then he came back and did the salty dogs podcast, which is a team function, right? But it's, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the existence of it is to reach out to the fans and connect with the fans on another level. So even with everything going on, he's taking time, like you said, on his off day to talk to the fans in a forum that, you know, fans don't always get to, to interact with players on. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. and, that's, and, that's, and that's the thing is that's not uncommon. And most guys, I think he said it even on the, on the podcast that he's like, most guys come in on their day off to work out right. and, or, you know, just get to jump on, a, on, on the playbook that way. You know, as soon as they receive it, they'll he like, I mean, Cam's in a, in a fun little situation where he rooms with two of his teammates so they can go over certain things together. But yeah, I mean, that's not an uncommon thing for these guys to get their workout in, you know, try and get ahead as much as possible and keep working and then make time for other people. So it's, I think it's great. And I think that I wish that people, I don't, and I don't know if people really, I, I think I take for granted that most people understand that they only have that one day. Um, otherwise they're at the facility at 6am. There's practices, there's hours, hours of meetings. These guys are in so many meetings this is all day. And I like me going into a meeting, like if it goes longer than a half an hour, I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> My attention span is not like that. So these guys are studying and they're in these meeting rooms all day and they're, they really are. They're working their asses off. No, that's great. And, and hopefully, you know, like you said, hopefully people can, can kind of realize that. I mean, there's, there's still that frustration there and all that, but granted, but just kind of understanding the work that, that kind of ties into all that and understanding that if, if we're frustrated, if the fan base is frustrated from, you know, spending, you know, three hours a week watching the game and then however much time people spend, you know, on the websites, on the podcast and all that, imagine, the frustration these guys are feeling yet they're the ones who still have to come in and try to turn it all around. So uh, yeah, really great insight there. There, Carmen. 
I don't want to stay on a negative tip, but unfortunately, no. um, we do have to talk about the injury report. Um, it's a laundry list right now, and every single player, I would argue, that's on the injury report is a key player. Uh, but the, the three I want to kind of focus on right now, Levante David, Justin Evans, and Chris Godwin, uh, none of them have practiced up to today, which obviously Friday is like the kind of the most important uh, injury report to come out, so we'll still have to see what, what happens there, but Wednesday and Thursday, neither none of those three have practiced as of yet this week. Do you have anything new or any expectations for for Friday or even into the weekend for those guys? Um, no, I really don't. They uh, even internally, you know, and, and it's just, I mean, this is how it is everywhere in the NFL. It's not exclusive to the Bucks that injury reports are pretty uh, heavily regulated. <laughs> Um, in you know who who gets access when you get access when you can push it out how, what you can talk about what you can't so mm-hmm. um, I know people get on coach a lot for not saying anything about injuries but it's just better to be safe than sorry at that right. point so right. I don't have anything more I trust me I'm holding my breath <laughs> crossing <laughs> my fingers crossing my toes you know wanting these guys to play um, but they're tough I mean these guys are so tough I you know Vinny Curry has been uh, you know on and off but he and he came back to practice today which was great right. um, and he is just he just wants to play like he's all like he's he's like give me a shot I'll just go in I don't care like it's like Vin like calm down you <laughs> you, you need to get right you need to get healthy but he's and that's and that's honestly how most of these guys are um, they're just they're itching to get back in, and they don't want to be hurt. So if they can go, they'll go. All right. Well, <clears throat> Carmen, it is that time, and I'm I'm still I'm still a little offended at the way the two of you trashed me the last time you were on, and and I unfortunately had to miss. Um, wow. But it's time to 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 go into the bold prediction. I wouldn't call it trashing. You. Like, I was going to say that's a little harsh. I don't think that. <laughs> I, I was I, I I cried a little, but luckily I was in my work truck, so nobody saw. It <laughs> sounds like a personal problem, honestly. <laughs> I think good-natured ribbing is is what I would classify that as. Build character, man. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is time for us to dive into our bold predictions for Sunday's game against the Giants, and of course, you have the honors as the guest. What is your bold prediction? For this Sunday, Jason Pierre Paul's gonna have three sacks, not two. <laughs> he's gonna have three. I like. It. He needs two to get into. He needs two to get into double digits. Um, but I think he's gonna have three. Now let's see. Was it was it two weeks in a row now, David, that we've predicted JPP to have multiple sacks in a game? Uh, I predicted massive last week. Oh, it's you your fault. Massive last it week. is my fault. I know. I predict well, and I predicted JPP last week because of his track record against the Redskins. Maybe it was the week before that Evan predicted multiple sacks from JPP. Um, but yeah, David and I actually got to the point where we banned Jason Pierre-Paul from being our predictive defensive player of the game, <laughs> except for this week. This is the only week yeah. that it's allowed. <laughs> um, yeah, he's fired up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was actually on a Giants podcast yesterday and um yeah the the new york media is um they're they're very how can i put it interested in kind of the changes that they've noticed in jason pierre paul since he's come to tampa as far as 
the leadership and, and the, the motivation. Cause they said when he was there, you know, it was always like, you know, I'm just going to worry about doing, doing what I need to do. And it seems like in Tampa, he's been a little bit more outgoing, a little bit more of a leader, something that he avoided in New York. So it's been interesting chatting with some of them about, about JPP, but yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know if I've ever seen a player more motivated than Jason Pierre Paul this week. Yeah, he's. Uh, I wouldn't want to get in his way. Let's just put it that way. He's very. He's. He is honestly. He's one of the nice guys <laughs> off the field. He's totally. You know. He's goofy. He, he's very easy to talk to. Um, but there's. He's definitely one of those that has like a switch that flips. And you just you don't want to get in his way when he he's between those white lines. I'll tell you that much. So and he's you know he's got something to prove right now. And the thing is too, and I kind of pointed this out today. Um, in my column that I write in the mornings now is that he did say he, when he talked about going back to New York, he, he acknowledged that it was going to be probably emotional at some point and all that other stuff, but he's just going to go out there and give a hundred percent like he always does. And I was thinking about it and I was like, it's really, he's right. Like he's been, you can say what he wants, like that he wants to prove New York wrong, but he's been proving New York wrong for getting rid of him the entire season. Oh yeah. And, I mean, he's on pace to have, like, he hasn't had a double-digit sack year since, I think, 2014 was the last I looked it up. Um, so, like, I mean, he's been, like, right there, and he's been very consistent. He's definitely was always, you know, he's an, he's an elite pass rusher. But, like, for him to be having the season he's having at 30 years old, or close to it, um, he's been, like, mean, this has been something that he's been doing all year. So now this is kind of like the culmination of it. Um, and I think that this is obviously the most direct way, but you know, he, he, I, I really don't think like he's going to bring a little bit more, but I mean, he's still just going to bring a hundred percent like he always does. I'm excited. All right, David, what's your bold prediction? So I'm going to go in a different direction this week. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Quan Barkley is going to have 75 yards rushing and 75 yards receiving. Oh, good heavens. Okay. Is this like reverse psychology where... Yeah, like are you trying to... Bold predictions for the Bucks have gone so horrendously wrong that you're hoping to curse the Giants? Exactly. Okay. He's like, he's almost dead even on the season between rushing and receiving yards. And he's already done this once this season. He's had 75 and 75 or more. He actually had 199 of each in one game and they lost. So maybe even if my prediction comes that's, true, they'll, he'll, they'll still lose. That's the, that's the silver lining at all. This is that, you know, he can have a good game and they can still. Right. But yes, I am definitely trying to flip the mojo a little bit. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Carmen appreciates my tactics. No, it's fine. <laughs> Listen, if it works, I will appreciate it. All right. Well, Two weeks ago, we saw Adam Humphreys be the leading receiver on the team. Last week, it was Jacquez Rogers. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to steer this back towards the expected. And I think the Bucks' leading receiver this week, both in terms of receptions and yards, is going to be O.J. Howard. After a a disappointing game against the Redskins, he only had two targets, one reception. Um, I think he's going to be heavily utilized. And I think ultimately because of the mismatch that he provides against anybody involved with the New York Giants uh, organization, uh, they could put 10 guys on OJ Howard and he's still a mismatch. 
Uh, I think they're going to take mm-hmm. advantage, and, and he's going to be the guy on Sunday. I like that. Yeah. He Hope will, right. however, I think the number one bold prediction you can say in relation to O.J. Howard is that he will get a defensive pass interference call go his way. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think that's ever <laughs> going to happen. Like, ever. Him and both him and Mike Evans, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. No, it seems to take a lot for them to call defensive pass interference, you know, against somebody covering Mike Evans. But they're awful quick to throw the flag for offensive pass interference against Mike Evans. So it's like, you know, can we we get a balance at some point? Yeah, it's like it's not his fault. He's so big. Like and also, okay, he might push off every now and again. I was going to say. I agree with the defensive pass interference comment, but Mike pushes off a little bit. He he does. He does. But how many of those times it's like the, the player that always gets flagged for hitting another player after he got punched, like in the yeah. throat, it's always yeah. the retaliation. So I, I wonder how many times Mike has gotten flagged because he pushed off after being pushed, you know, being kind pushed. of a trying to get that separation back. Yeah, so, you know, just, and like the thing is, like when you get he's going up against corners that he obviously has a size advantage on. Mm-hmm. So like if he shoves the corner, like it's going to look worse than if a corner shoves him. Like yeah. he's not going to move if he you know puts his weight into it. Like I I still like I can't get that image. And this is I'm not Mike, but this is OJ Howard of preseason when he got called for OPI. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the preseason where he did not touch the dude. He caught the ball, and the dude just bounced off of his back. Like, OJ wasn't even facing him, and they called OPI. And it's like, and, and the way it was explained later, and I think it was Scott that told me this, um, was like, like the ref looks for movement, and there was just too much movement on that play that they needed to call it. And I'm like, that's not, that, that, that shouldn't, that's not how that should work. <laughs> like, it's not. OJ's fault that someone literally bounced off of it because he's so big. I flagged because it's it's unfair how much bigger you are than your opponent. Right. Like that's not how this game works. No. There's mismatches for a reason. That was on purpose. <laughs> Poor OJ. <laughs> All right. Well, Carmen, who is going to be your predictive offensive player of the game? Oh that's the thing, is like I could literally go with anyone. Like like you said, it was Jaquiz and Chris Godwin who were a pair of 100-yard receivers last game. Before that, it was Hump. Um, I really would like actually to see Cam break, Cameron Bray get more involved. Okay. I want to see the I want to see the Harvard connection like light up this week. I think I think it can happen. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cameron Bray. All right, I like it. Yeah. David, how about you? Um, so I really didn't like my bull prediction. I'm going to Sean Jackson. I'm really hoping that. Uh, you know, uh, he can just become a, a giant's nightmare again this weekend. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see if he decides if he wants to return a few punts. That would <laughs> be great. What, uh, Ooh, given yeah. what, what has happened in the past. I that won't would... get Giants fans mad at me for bringing it up, but, you know, we all know <laughs> what I'm talking about. That would be nice to see. All right. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit, but since the hosting duties get thrown on me, I'm going to rewrite the rules. I'm going... With Santos. I'm going to go Kyro Santos, and all I'm going to say... Well, I mean, I guess it's a specialist, but okay. Right. I'm just going to say that he's going to be perfect on the day. Whether it's field goals or extra points, Santos, in his debut, is going to have a perfect performance. Okay. 
And I think for a lot of Bucks fans, that would be a massive breath of fresh air. So, Carmen, I have a question about that. I don't know if you're allowed to tell us or if you were even allowed to know about it. But so I saw that Cairo, uh, he 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 went he went perfect. He was perfect in practice. And then I saw a tweet from I'm not really moment uh, that he went to the stadium and also practiced at the stadium. Are you allowed to divulge anything that happened at the stadium? Um. I know that he went over there and kicked and um, I believe, and I can tell you because um, coach did say it today. He um, believe he was 32 of 35 kicks over at the stadium. We'll take that. We'll take that. So, and I mean, you know, that's, I don't, I, I, I didn't do enough research into him to see that he, if he's ever kicked it right in Raymond James. Um, but as I don't know if you guys saw the article that Greg Allman put out, um, about the kicking conditions at Raymond James Stadium and how they're actually worse than you think they are. Um, but yeah, it's not, apparently it's not an easy place to kick. So 30, 32, 35, I'll take it. Also, like 35 yeah. kicks in a row, like you, at, at some point, I feel like your legs like, get tired. Yeah, that's a lot of kicking. Yeah, a lot of kicking. So yeah, coach said that today. Um, we'll see. I, but he was, he, was, he was perfect in practice. All right, well, let's move on to the category where I believe we're going to have a sweep. Um, but, Carmen, who is your predictive defensive player of the game? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, like, a question. We all know. Um, honestly, and, like, that's the thing. is like, it's one of those things where you expect it. Like, you know, he's Jason Pierre-Paul's ready to go. And, like, but this is, like, one of those times where I'm, like, no, 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 no. Like, this is going to happen. Like, there's just no – I see, I don't really want to say it and jinx it. <laughs> like, but like Deshaun and the Eagles. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, like, Deshaun did go off against the Eagles because he always yeah. goes off against the Eagles. And right, like, right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, like, there's no – there's I, yeah, I don't think there's a jinx here in saying that, like – and this is, that's the thing is, like, this is the first time Jason is ever going to play the Giants as the opposition. So, like, he's going to go off, and it's going to be Jason Pierre-Paul, and it's not going to be close. All right. David, are you going to are you going to go away from that, or are, you, are, are we just going to say the three of us select Jason Pierre-Paul? Uh, the game is going to be Bowler. Just kidding. It's JPP. <laughs> <laughs> you, sir, hey, are ridiculous. There's something to be said about that, though, because they want to shut down Saquon Barkley. So I think that there's a room for someone to be like a 1A to yeah. like that really gets to Saquon. And whether that's somebody up front or one of the linebackers, hopefully it's somebody up front that means he'll get past the line of scrimmage. Um, but yeah, there's something All to right. that. There could be a 1A. There definitely could be. But uh, this is the only week I'm allowed to pick JPP, so I'm picking him while I can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And I will too. And you know what? I'll 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 even go so far as to say I think Jason Pierre Paul, just in his sheer game of rage where he wants to eat Eli Manning for lunch, um, <laughs> he's gonna force the first defensive turnover since um, I think we're gonna see a, a strip sack out of JPP in this game. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that so much. Is he uh, is he mic'd up this weekend, Carmen? Oh god, I hope um, so. Yeah, that's 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 the rumor. Nice. I cannot confirm nor deny, but uh, yeah, it's a rumor. Oh, the rumor going around Advent Health Training Center is that APP will indeed 
be mic'd up, just as JR alluded to on the Oh, I will love that so much. All right. Well, the the final piece to our podcast puzzle here is, of course, score predictions. Carmen, what do you have for us? Okay. Um, I am good. This is probably yeah, the boldest prediction I've had because I don't even. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna predict that it's not even gonna be close. I'm gonna say it's thirty-one seventeen. All right, David. How about you? You know, I picked the Bucks earlier this week. Uh, had to have Evan go in and change it. These injuries just have me really concerned. And I just, I just, uh, from what I see, I just think there's gonna be too many crucial parts of this team missing, uh, on the road. Yeah. 28, 17 giants. Oh, that's not even <laughs> close. You can at least put them within a four. Come on. Oh, Carmen, these, uh, I, I'm admitting it. These injuries are scaring me. Hopefully Friday brings better news, but the injuries are just, they're, they're scary. Oh, these guys are tough. They literally, if there's like anything, okay, I'm going to preface it with this. Mm-hmm. In order for a guy to not, basically, if you take one snap less than you normally do, then you're limited. Right. So like, you have to classify them as limited. So like, you may have all these guys that are like limited participation, but like, Man, these guys are tough. I'm telling you, they want. Like, I hope they so do. I, I hope they do, Carmen. And and if if we get some of these key players back, believe me, I will. I will regret changing my mind in in the week. But uh, right. yeah, sorry. All right, it is it is kind of a smack in the face when I got the injury report today, and everybody on the Giants switched into full participation. Right. I was like, well, okay, fine. Put <laughs> <laughs> me on a, on a short week, like. When you're on the West Coast, you guys are just going to come out of that unscathed. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, of course, made my prediction uh, on the Crossover Wednesday episode, but I'll repeat it here. I will take the Bucks off the leg on a last-second field goal of Cairo Santos <laughs> to win 31-30. to 31-30 in New York. Wow. I'm so proud of you, wow. James. That's Why? exciting. That would be exciting. Probably too exciting for me. I, I wouldn't like the game to be that exciting. <laughs> All the games have been exciting. They definitely have. Except, really except for the not. Chicago game. Every one of them has ended up close. And I think it was Greg Allman that that pointed out like these deficits. I mean, the, the Bucks have had these like 20 point deficits at halftime and they still end up within one possession at, at the mm-hmm. end of the game. So, oh. yep. but yep. David, why why are you proud of me? I I missed that because you are not a a a specialist fan. So I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> we all know what I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. But I Uh-oh. am a fan of Cairo Santos. Great. That's all that matters now. <laughs> we're all we're all fans of Cairo Santos. He does. He seems like a really nice dude. Yeah, he really does. He seems like he's going to be a, a lot of fun. And and yeah, he. Uh, I can't remember where I saw, but you know, he had come out and said that he, that's where you know, he wanted to be in Tampa before, and and for whatever yep. reason it didn't work out. So he was excited to to get the opportunity to come and and play here. So you know, I, I'm excited to have him. Let's let's get this kicking game figured out because it has been just a nightmare of a situation for the past few years. And he got signed on his birthday. Yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. That is that is way bigger than a birthday check he ever got from grandma. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't know. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Carmen, what do you have on tap over at Buccaneers.com for everyone? Um, I mentioned earlier, I have a new morning column 
Uh, I don't know that I had that when the last time I was on, so I'll, I'll plug that. I do it three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's called Carbon Catches Up. The title is courtesy of Scott Smith himself. Um, and yeah, other than that, we've got, uh, we have the My Cause, My Cleats game is coming up um, December 2nd against Carolina, the home game. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of features on some of the great causes that our guys have chosen to wear on their cleats. Very nice. Awesome. Very nice. And of course, you can check out everything that Carmen is doing at Buccaneers.com. Follow her on Twitter at Carmi V. That's C-A-R-M-I-E, the letter V. She is, of course, a staff writer and the senior digital content coordinator for Buccaneers.com. Uh, make sure you're checking out everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks carmen thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate having you and and looking forward to the next time that we get to have you on great thank you guys so much always love being here all right hope you all have a wonderful safe enjoyable weekend enjoy the game on sunday and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. I never sleep, cause sleep is the cousin of death. Beyond the walls of intelligence, life is defined. I think of crime when I'm in a New York state of mind. State of mind. I'm a gangster, drinking my wet, holding text, making sure the cast came correct.